What is going on, guys? Hope you are all doing so well. I hope you guys had an unbelievable Easter. Actually, by the time you heard, hear this, Easter will probably have way passed. But uh, either way, happy Easter's. I got my boy Sarge joining me again. I This has been my favorite segment since I've started this podcast where we just rate the top 10 at every position right now. And today we're going to do point guards. Sarge, how you? thanks for coming in. How you doing, bro? Good. Had a mellow Easter. You know, not the usual festivities. Kind of hung inside, but still was good. Ready to get after it. Yeah, I, I'm lucky. I still I live pretty close to my family, so, though, so we... We still had a somewhat normal Easter, but uh, first off, bro, wanted to wanted to on a kind of a sad note, um, wanted to just give my condolences out to Cat and the fam, bro. That is so so tough. So sad, man. If people are like on Twitter today are posting like old videos of him when he committed to Kentucky and stuff with his just, mom. Yeah, with his mom. Yeah. Sitting there, so it's so brutal. I think I. I Go ahead, bro. Sorry. And also that video of her screaming at Joel Embiid after yeah. that tussle. Which, crazy. which is great to see. Obviously, I mean, you'd hope to God Joel would put that all aside, but Joel definitely has. Um, I, I saw, I think the video where he got his first all-star, too, was trippy to me to just see that. So prayers up to him. Hopefully, um, it's at least he, it sounds like he'll most likely have a nice long break before he has to ever really focus on basketball again and then get his mind right and take care of his family but that's so so tough and definitely prayers up to him but um with that being said on a on a lighter note today Sarge and I are like we said gonna get into the point guards this is the one that I was uh, definitely the most excited about and before we jump into the actual rankings obviously want to explain for those of you who haven't listened we are ranking these guys essentially right now let's say we we've said in the past like season starts you know next season but you could even say hey a season starts tomorrow like where are these guys right now i don't think uh for the most part i mean you you have Kyrie, but injuries don't play as much of a factor right now but we're, what we're saying with the injured guys is hey what do you think a, a reasonable expectation for them to come back is priced into their ranking so um like for example clay thompson we still had him too or I had him too. Um, you know, we've seen other pods with KD. We had him three. Probably could have made a case for one or two had he be f- been fully healthy. But that's also the gnarliest injury you can get. Um, Sarge, before we jump in. Oh, and I was talking to Kevin Goldfinger. I don't know if you remember him, but he was listening. He said the Small Forge pod was one of his favorite pods he's listened to yet. So there's love. I appreciate everyone who's reached out to me. Um, and we're going to continue to do this. But Sarge, what was... What were some of the thoughts you had when you were doing this? And I know we both, the, the fun part is we have different criteria, similar criteria, but different criteria for building different teams at different positions. So what was your process for ranking these guys? Because it is so, so tough. Yeah, well, the first thing I, I look at when I'm doing these just at any position is efficiency and just how efficient a player is and, yeah. you know, just true shooting percentage their field goal percentage, how they do from the free throw line. But I think this position more than any is scoring and, I don't know, ability to pass the ball. Yep. Rebounding rebounding has become big at the point guard position, but for me, I don't really care about rebounds. I don't either. I know that other people do, but I, I kind of think that's a, a job for a center or yeah. maybe even a power forward or small forward. I don't really look into rebounding too much. So for me, it's efficiency, scoring, and ability to pass the ball. Perfect. I think those are the three. And defense is obviously a big one for me as well, but a lot of these guys aren't really the best defensively. Right. So 
Offense, obviously. Exactly. Takes I, the, uh, the, cake. the cake. I had a similar mindset. I think we were talking centers. Center's defense is of the utmost importance because if you as a center can't play defense, then someone else has to do it. And there's really only one other position generally on the court that can guard the guys that you can't really guard, and that's your four. So it puts you in a pinch. With point guard, for me, what I want my point guard to do is run the show. And it's okay if you're not as good on defense because I have twos and threes that can most – I feel like I, I have a better shot at making up for that um with other positions and like if you can do if you can run the offense very very well if you and yourself are a system then i can live with that do what you do really well and i can figure stuff out around you or as a center like i don't need my center to i'm not running my offense through my center generally so uh that's what i prioritized is guys who can I feel confident if I throw you out there, you're my point guard. We're going to have an above average offense. If I have NBA caliber players surrounding you, defense was definitely secondary. Obviously the passing goes kind of hand in hand with being able to run the offense, but you as a system, um, that's what I prioritize. Other than that, you know, it's not that big of a deal, but as you, as I'm sure we talked a little bit and guys, we really don't talk about our actual rankings before. So we, I had some people say, like, it was dope that you and Sarge really see the game the same way. We had essentially the same rankings outside of a little bit for small forwards, and there was a lot of different ways you could vary. This point guard position is so tough. Four through ten, you have so many different guys that do so many different things well. So, like, I I legitimately think four from, like, eight to nine is, like, same tier, and it's just what you're prioritizing. Um, so I, I would say this is the one we're probably going to vary the most in, but I'm super stoked to do this. It's a beautiful Monday. Hope you're all doing well. And I'm, again, so thankful for Sarge for hopping on. Oh yeah. All right. All right. Let's get it. Number one, Sarge, lead us off. We got to have the same here. Just, you love him. You'd marry him. I would I marry him. You would marry him, but I got staff and. You can't have anyone other than Steph here at one. Yeah, I would hope. I would hope not. I would hope not. Um, go, I mean, obviously, I'm. I'm going to try and keep. You know, limit myself to how much I talk about him. But go ahead and, and tell me what your thoughts are about Steph Curry. I mean, he's the best scoring point guard in the league by far, in my opinion. I mean. Just you cannot guard him. He can shoot from. You have to guard him inside a half court. He kind of revolutionized the point guard position. You know, like back in the day, your point guard was supposed to be a guy who distributed the ball and give the ball to like I don't know someone else that could score. Nowadays, like he's revolution revolutionized the point guard position into the point where your point guard scoring thirty points a game if you're a winning team. Like your yeah. point guard is your dude, and that's why like you see guys like LeBron transitioning into the point guard position, totally. and guys like Luca going from small forward to point guards because you need your point guard to have the ball in his hands, be a distributor, and be able to be an elite, an elite, elite scorer. And Steph Curry is just unanimous MVP, two time MVP. Hasn't yet got that Finals MVP, but it's because he's got so many good guys around him. But, he should have had one. The first one they gave it to Iggy. No, come on. Why are you trying to get cute with that? But Steph, uh, I think he's an underrated passer, too. A lot of people don't really give him credit for his yeah. passing just because he is such an elite scorer. But, I mean, his game speaks for himself. We don't really need yeah. to get into how good of a dang scorer he is. He's... Yeah, unbelievable, and just 
the way he spaces the floor, and he's able to play, which a lot of guys can't do at the point guard position, is off he's ball. able to play off the ball. Yeah. And he's able to run off screens. And that was one of my points. running around. It's just it's crazy what yeah. he can do. Yeah, and I think before we move on, because we're in total agreement here, and I have him, I have him in a tier by himself uh, ahead of the two. Um, but I think for me, I mean, we everyone knows about the shooting ability. I think he, when he retires, will be the best shooter that I've ever played. But he completely, he's fa- he. There's a levels to the game where it's it's not just shooting, and he completely unlocks everyone around him, you know, and he makes everyone better. A uh, couple stats before we – I don't even need to get into the true shooting, which is ridiculous. But I think the biggest thing for me that I wanted to focus on, uh, just last – last I'm going to go last four years, the offensive rating, uh, him on versus him off. Last year, 120 with him on, which is ridiculous, 110 with him off. Year before, 122 with him on, 108 with him off. Year before that, 121 with him on, 104 with him off. And year before, 119 with him on, 105 with him off. It's it's so so crazy, and I think we even saw that. I at least, you know, I pay attention to. Every, I will watch. No, no matter what, I will drop what I'm doing if Steph Curry's playing basketball. And then he played one game. He didn't play one game this year, but he came back uh, playing with essentially G Leaguers and Andrew Wiggins. And you saw he got so many open looks for Juan Toscano, Anderson, Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins, Marquise Chris. He unlocked the whole offense, and he put so much fear. He can play on ball. He can play off ball. And it's not just the shooting. It's not just the finishing. He in himself, like I said before, is the system. And, uh, I mean, you saw he went into Houston. It bothered me. It bo- and, and it had a – people – I could see why people said, you know, the Houston thing where it went to seven and CP3 went out. But he shut those people up last year. They went into Houston without KD beat him in Houston. They swept – it shouldn't have been a sweep per se. It was closer than a sweep, but swept Portland uh, in four with, with him and, and Clay. So uh, he's my guy, always will be my guy, and he is my, my number one. And he makes like, he makes everyone around him so much better. And he gives – and I think people like under – like appreciate him as far as what he does to the people around him. Like, exactly. He makes other guys look so good. Like it's hard to make Draymond Green look good. He's – He's not. Offensively, yeah. he's so bad. Like, yeah. Steph makes him look good. Clay's obviously an unbelievable player, but when he played with Harrison Barnes, too, he made Harrison Barnes look yeah. like an all star. Like, and that's why I have hope for for what Andrew Wiggins can do with us because he's going to make Andrew Wiggins' life literally as easy as it could be. And I'm I'm really really hopeful and excited to see what next year's Warriors look like. And and see where they match up with the Lakers and Clippers because of my belief. I, I put I think that's even more important or close to as important as his shooting ability is just the space. Like you can play four guys next to him, and there's going to be so much space. It got to a point for a while where before they did the whole off ball thing, it was Draymond was playing four on three consistently. So um, we'll see. All right, that's enough, Steph. I, I've talked about him a lot on other pods. Uh, my two, my two is almost, I debated, I, I think I have my two in a tier of his own too. Close. Okay. I, I, I still haven't even decided, but my two is Damian Lillard. Yeah, mine as well. Um, Dame, I love Dame doll. And, and I think these two, Dame and Steph at the top two are unbelievable leaders as well. Guys that are team first guys, which I think is very important at the point guard position. I love, I, 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 I'm not going to say I love James Harden. I really, I like James Harden. I like 
he's a very good basketball player, but you still get the sense, you know, and you can go down the line with other guys, Kyrie Irving, you know, you get the sense that it's almost themselves before the team. And I could be wrong. I don't know them personally, but it's just the sense I get from watching them play basketball and how they act. You never have gotten that sense with Dame. He took a, a team talent wise, probably wasn't a Western conference finals team last year to the Western conference finals. He, he has gotten better every single year. Um, I know we both have watched that podcast. I love hearing about the process of how he was like, I got to stretch my game out. I got to be able to create more space. Um, and I think the next level for him is getting to that Steph level where he's going to be effective off the ball too and and is creating that spacing for everyone and, and, is, and is not just using that spacing for him to score but create for others. He's not a bad passer by any means, but um, I, I feel like he, Steph, and, and a couple others are the only guys where it's like you put them on the floor and they're you put four guys next to him, they're going to have a, a very above uh, average offense. And him, Trey, and Steph – Maybe I'm missing someone else. Are there only like four level scores in the league where it's elite at the rim, mid range three, and beyond the three? Yeah, you you take him off the uh, off the Blazers, and they're a, probably a bottom seven team in the league. Like they are easily. If they didn't have Dame, they would be so bad. Uh, yeah, but easily. Damian, Damian Lillard and Steph are the only two guys where you have to guard them the minute they step inside a half court. Like those dudes can bang at a high efficiency from like thirty five feet. It's, it's ridiculous. ridiculous. It's ridiculous that we even say that too. Like thirty five yeah. feet, and then those dudes are like shooting like forty percent from space. It's, it's ridiculous, bro. Like some of these shots Dame was making this year, like legitimately, like if you showed someone from thirty years ago who like in a coma and woke up, they would. They wouldn't believe you, like, and it's consistent, like. And you say you look at it, and you go, "That is an awful shot," and then he drains it two yeah. in a row, and you're like, "Okay, maybe that's not." An awful maybe shot. not for him. Yeah. Damian Lillard's run this year, where he scored like, where he averaged, I think it was somewhere around forty points a game for like eight straight eight, games yeah. or forty-five points a game. That was one of the most ridiculous stretches I've ever seen. It was it's watching the NBA up there, like, and people it's people didn't really. People downplayed that, like not downplayed it, but didn't give it enough hype. That was a yeah. James Harden's got way more, and and James half of it's at the line, you know. Like Dames was like, and uh, Dames was efficient too. It wasn't all at the free throw line. It was deep threes. All right, if you're gonna come up and play me this high, I I am going by you. Like you can't come guard me at half court, or else I'm gonna blow right by you. Um, it, it was he had an awesome year again. I it's hard to put. It's hard to say, like, on one hand, I'm like, all right, Dame, like, I would have loved to see, I, I know you didn't have the best talent around you, but I would have loved to see you with CJ Hassan be, like, a, a lock for seven or eight or six. They weren't quite there yet. You all, you can't say they wouldn't have gotten there, but at the same time, like, he, he had no, there was nobody on that team that could play any sort of defense, so it, it just made it tough, um, and I'm hoping we don't see, like, a, a KG type of career where I'm not going to, it's disrespectful to say wastes, but I, I want to see him in a situation where he can play on the biggest stage in a finals, in a, in a, in a conference finals where they're competitive, you know? And he's that dude too. Like he is no BS when it comes down to it. That guy is a killer. Like, oh, you no know, doubt. he's going to take the shot and you know, he's going to hit it. Like I would love to see that guy on a team. Like it's not even, his I don't even know where you could Put him. He, he, yeah. He's a number one. He's one of those guys where he's a number one guy on a championship team. 
Like, I, I think you could say that. He's never really gotten that opportunity to show it, I guess. I mean, yeah. I went to the Western Conference Finals last year, but everyone knew they were going to lose that series. Like, Yeah, I don't, I I don't know what you can do. I Exactly. And the Blazers are kind of strapped. Like, I, I don't know what, you know, it looks like, but I would love to see Dame have a, a legitimate shot to to make a, a title push, you know? And I, and I thought, I don't think he's content with not winning a title at all, but I think he's so loyal, loyal he's yeah. stay in Portland his whole career, and if he doesn't win one in Portland, he won't be okay with it, but I think it's just going to be a, a situation where he's going to say, I gave my all to this team who drafted me and gave me a shot, and I just didn't get there, and that's okay, yeah. but he, he's just so loyal and such like a good guy and such a good teammate, like... Which I, I don't think gets enough credit again. Like, I, I don't think – like, I think there's some really, really talented point guards out there that NBA players don't necessarily get excited to play for. I think Steph and Dame are, are two guys that you talk to any NBA player and they will go to war with Dame 10 times out of 10, you know, and you see that. Um, and I think I, I that's such a good point where, like, I think people can try and twist the narrative and say, oh, like, he's content to not win a title. But I think it's a similar mindset that you and I would have. Like, if I got drafted by a team, the city embraced me, and, like, that was just my home, and I gave them my all, and I knew that franchise was rocking with me no matter what. Like, I'm going to stay loyal. I, again, I can't say it until I'm in that spot, but I like to think I'd stay loyal to them. So I don't I, slide them at all. I was going to school in Oregon and being around Portland a lot and – you know, we he's a god there. Up in he's a god there. People don't realize like he is. He's gonna have a statue when it's all said and done. No, I think. Like, has he to. is an absolute legend in Portland. Like, and he put, should be. You put Damian Lillard along like the lines of anyone. Like he. Oh, he'll, anyone that's ever played in Portland. I know they won a championship in '74. Whenever, whenever they won it, but he's a bigger no. name than anyone that was on that. Championship. He will go down as the the best Blazer and most loved Blazer of all time. And I'd I like to. Think. I think that's why his legacy is so odd right now. Is because he, he doesn't get they don't they don't play that many nationally televised games. People don't really know where Portland is on a map. Like it's just. He's so good, and he's in such an odd situation that I don't think people fully understand how elite and how great of a player he is. Yeah, no, they don't. They don't, and he doesn't get the national spotlight. Uh, he he gets those like once every two or three weeks, like late night ESPN games with like Doris Burke and and Mark Jones. You know, like yeah. it's not not fair to him, but uh, very solid too. I, and that's I'm doing it. I'm officially doing it. He's in a tier of its own. Uh, I agree. And I, I was thinking the same way. Like he is. It's Steph Curry in his own tier, and then it's Dame in his own tier. Like yes, exactly. And no I no way around it. And I think the I'm not sh- sure yet, but I I think my three through eight, maybe nine, are all in the same tier. It's like they all have flaws. They all do certain things super super well. And this is where it's about to get really interesting. Do you want to give me your three? I want you to give me your three first. Okay. I went back and forth. I, I So my three and four were locked in in terms of like one's going to be three, one's going to be four. Um, and I think five through ten was my most moving. But I, I I went back and forth and eventually I settled on Luca. Okay. 
And, and that's that's my three. Who who's your four? Go ahead and give me your four that now too, because I had a little tougher time at four. Okay, my four is Chris Paul. Really? Right now, yes. Again, we're saying season starts right now, and I'll explain that later. Um, I, I, why did you not have him just because of age? Or I mean, he's done some crazy things in OKC this year. I have him in my. I'm at six, I have Chris Paul at six. Okay. Um, and age does have a lot to do with it. And I guess if I looked at it from a standpoint of he's splitting minutes with another young guy that they're trying to get a lot. He's a making lot it work him. somehow, bro. Like, and that's huge as a point guard. And we'll, we'll get to him. Yeah. We can talk on Luca right now, but that, that's tough. Yeah. Uh, and that's fair. You can make arguments like, but we'll get there. All right. For me, Luca, I'll keep it pretty short and simple. I mean, what he's doing is ridiculous. You could make an argument. He was the you can there there's an argument that could be made that he was the best offensive player this year, just in terms of the the Mavs have had by far the best offensive rating this year. It's not close. Without garbage time, they have a 119 offensive rating with him on the floor. Uh, that's Steph level elite. It's it's ridiculous. Twenty eight nine and eight, and he does have holes. He's he's not an unbelievable defender yet. I think he has all the tools to. We didn't really touch on defense with Steph and Dame, but they're both at the level where like, okay, are they going to be a stopper? No, no chance. But are they going to be smart enough as team defenders that they're not going to hurt you? Yeah, you feel like okay, they're they're not going to hurt me. They can't go at this guy time and time again and get a bucket. Uh, so I think Luca has all the tools to be at that level defensively and offensively. He is just so smart. He's like, in terms of like the game, it's like a, a it's not LeBron, but it's LeBron esque in that he is always going to find. I don't care if Luca is in the left corner and the open guys on the right wing and he's doubled. He's somehow flipping a left-handed pa- pass over his shoulder and finding that guy right in his pocket. He makes similar to Steph makes everyone around him so so much better he elevates everyone's game he knows where everyone is on the floor he scores at all he he's not the best a fit most efficient shooter yet i think that's definitely something that he's got to work on i think a lot of people see all these crazy step back deep threes from him and uh, assume he's this elite shooter he's not but i think he very well could be there and i think you combine his just natural scoring ability. Like I feel like he's all you're playing at his pace, you know, like when he's getting downhill, he's going to find his angle. He's going to find his look and it doesn't really matter what you do. He's got a counter to what you're showing him. So um, he was my three, just because him, him in itself, he's a huge offensive system. If you put four guys next to him, you're going to have a pretty damn good offense. You saw that with Dallas this year. Yes, they have Kristaps. Yes, they have Tim Hardaway Jr., but like they don't have the most crazy offensive talent, but they've been the best offense by far in the league, um, and it's he's the engine of it. So if, if I'm starting my franchise, I want a guy who can be an elite engine, and that is who I'm going with at three. I don't think anyone else below him. You can maybe make an argument, Trey, but it's not there, and he's just the worst defender in the world. Um and so I feel really good if that's my point guard. I'm like, all right, I'm set with the offense. Now I just got to focus on, you know, finding defensive pieces around him and, and obviously guys that can fit offensively with Luka. But uh, that's that's my take on Luka. I, yeah, I think you said it perfectly. The only reason that he's not up there with, with Dame and Steph is because of some of his shot, shot selection, I think. Yep. Um, 
And you see, like, when you look, he, shoot, he shot right around 30% from Spears this year, which isn't terrible. He's still young. He's going to oh, get better. Shit. But My bad. you look at, like, a guy like Dame and Steph, those dudes are shooting consistently at 40% from three. You know, like, yeah. he just has to get a little bit more efficient with his three-point shot. And I think it'll come as time goes on. Definitely. Um, also has to get a little bit better from the line. but Dude, that's so still- weird. Uh, you notice that, too. Like, I-, I didn't even have to look at the stats. Like, he just misses free throws pretty consistently. And I think he's in his own head. Like, if you watch him at the free throw line, I just think he thinks about it too much. Yeah. And he wants it so bad, too. Like, he wants to be a superstar in the league so bad. I just think that every year we're just going to keep seeing him getting better and better and better. Bro. And, dude, on offense, he's ridiculous. Like, you can just tell by looking at, like, the offensive rating and when he's on the court and when he's off the court. Like, it's it's ridiculous. He He's so good offensively and he's so young still. The only thing is that his shot selection, but every other part of his game, his passing, his totally. decision making, his basketball IQ, is a like when you look at a point guard too, they have to be elite in the pick and roll or pick and pop, whatever you want to call it. But in the pick and roll or pick and pop, they have to be elite. And he's developed himself so well in that role. Like him and Kristaps in the pick and roll for years to come is gonna be lethal, lethal. And and I think the I, I like what you touched on earlier too, like Bro, the leap he took from rookie year to this year, he flew. Like, I can't even imagine. And some would make an argument like, okay, he already has been playing basketball for a while. Like, you know, like I can't see him making more leaps like this. And, I mean, the the guy averaged, what, 28, 9, and 8. Um, but, I mean, he's just going to get better and better. He's he's so young. Yep. And, and it's, he, he'll learn from – other people and just watching his film and I bet this time off will be a, a lot of help for him just as watching some film and saying okay I probably shouldn't have taken this shot I probably totally. should have gone the hole here passed it here he's just going to keep getting better especially Rick Carlisle is a great coach working with him is going to make him a lot better as well he's just he just needs to get a little bit more efficient and better with a shot selection and he will yeah. He's going to be a future MVP in this league there's no doubt about no it. doubt and and once Damon and Steph kind of tail off to the you know not bad but like kind of 35 34 year old Stefan Dame uh Luca could easily he's my bet to to be the next best point guard and again he guards threes but it's like he's literally running the show on offense so he's a point guard to me 100% even though LeBron runs the show yeah you you know what I mean he's a point guard all right, so you um, you were a little bit surprised with Chris Paul at four, right? And I get that. Um, for me, one sixteen offensive rating this year with him on the floor, one hundred three with him off, and and you know off the floor, there's plenty of times Schrody and and Dennis or Schrody and and Shy are on the court, so it's not like when he's off, there's no one to run the show, you know. So I love love what he's done this year, and I wasn't sure. Like if you if you asked me to do this at this same time in the year last year, I don't even know. He he probably struggled to be top ten for me. But this has just been a revolutionary year. He that not only the the win total for the Thunder at the start of the year was thirty one. Like they damn near. I we don't know how they would finish, but they it would not have been surprising at all for them to be the fourth seed and. And no one was giving them a shot. He's shooting 61% true shooting, <coughs> which is elite. Um, and like I touched on earlier, he's 
I, I think a lot of guys wouldn't be able to make it work. And, and, and that's what I want my point guard to do is make everyone around you better. Make the offense better. Do what you need to do to make the offense run as efficient as it as it needs to be, and he's done that. They've they've run crunch time lineups with Dennis Schroeder and second. And I love Shea Gilgis Alexander, but it's his second year in the league. Last year he was playing bench minutes for the Clippers. Like it's it takes a lot for a true point guard to be able to make those three lineups or those three in a lineup in crunch time work. And outside of that. I don't have I, – I probably should have gotten an exact stat to really illustrate this point, but I would be willing to bet he's top five in terms of uh, field goal – true shooting percentage in clutch moments and just overall clutch points. Like I have seen so many games go down the wire where Chris Paul dances at the top of the key. Sometimes it's like, hey, bring Steven and switch the big on to me. Sometimes it's like, no, I'll just go at this point guard, and he's finding his look in the mid-range. A mid-range jumper to him is a layup for a lot of guys. Like it is, it's ridiculous. I think that's what solidified him at four for me is because I know in crunch time, like that I, that's a guy I feel very comfortable taking the last shot. And everyone behind him, outside of like Kyrie, I, I didn't necessarily feel that. And other guys do other things well, but defensively very solid too. Um, just so smart. He's gonna make like Kyle Lowry, gonna just make the winning play. And so right now, I I couldn't put any of the other guys ahead of him if I'm trying to win as many basketball games as I can because he's done so much with what I thought. It's a talented roster, but not fourth, fifth in the West talented roster. And with, with Chris Paul, you're getting an absolute dog defensively and a guy you yeah. know is going to bring it on both ends every night. He's never going to take defensive possessions off. Like If you ever watch Chris Paul play, he is picking dudes up at half court. He's Dude. fighting over screens. He is he's so intense. On defense, he's taking charges. He's fired up on defense. Like that's just a guy you want on your team. Like, exactly. If even if he had no offensive game, that's just a guy. He's like a Pat Beverly defensively. Like he is getting after it at all times. He's grit and grind. Like, you, yeah, you could argue he's a better defender than, than Patrick Beverly too. Honestly. Exactly, and 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 he loves defense. Like yeah, it's just tough for him. He's been in some really good situations over the years and just hasn't been able to get it done. There's been so many other teams that have been I, just so much better than, than the teams he's been on, but he's an all-time guard. Like He's yeah. one of those guys that's going to go down as one of the best point guards to ever play and just never to win a ring. Yeah, and I, I agree. I think that's a great point that I should have touched on. I He wasn't this good even in the Rockets. I I think he talked about he went vegan or something, but like – He's legitimately, he looks way skinnier. He just looks healthier out there. And I, uh, maybe prime New Orleans Hornets, Chris Paul is, he, he probably, if you're trying to pick the best version of Chris Paul, you probably go somewhere to maybe early Clippers or late prime New Orleans Hornets. But like this is up there in terms of just pure overall impact on a basketball game. His mind is at a whole nother level right now. And his body is, is in the the best shape I've seen it in three, four, five years as well. So like, I know he's older and I know he hasn't gotten it done on, on some other teams, but I think he's just playing at an incredible level right now. And I, I got to give that respect. And I didn't see any signs like it. He wasn't load managed. They did a good job of not ever playing him like 36, 37 minutes like Dame this year, but like he wasn't taking games off and they couldn't obviously couldn't really afford for him to take games off. But like, 
I can't. I see no reason why he can't be at this level next year. Hundred percent. Wherever he goes, as well, he makes like the big man who's sending, who's giving him screens, and he's an elite like pick and alley oop guy. Like whenever when he had DeAndre Jordan, he made him look like an all star. DeAndre <laughs> Jordan now is just not an all star. Lower tier as far as centers go, but he makes everyone around him so much better. Just like the the guys we talked about before, but his passing ability is unbelievable. He obviously can score the rock. His mid range is unstoppable and he brings it defensively. You just can't argue with that. Yeah. All right. So I had him four and then five is where it got sticky for me, but who's your four? My four was Kyrie. And this was tough for me because this year he's been so weird. Yeah. Historically, historically there he's been, Unbelievable at scoring the rock, but this year he the Nets were better with him off the court than he than they were with him on the court, which was an odd stat to me. That didn't make any sense. Yeah. Um. But he's such an elite scorer. He's got championship pedigree. He hit a humongous shot in 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 that finals uh, over Steph, and he brought it in the playoffs every year with LeBron. He averaged forty a game in one of those playoff series. Like he's just. He's an elite level scorer. He's just so confusing. Like you just don't know what's gonna. Happen. You don't know if he's gonna be injured. He just doesn't want to play. He's just so good when he is on the court that I I didn't know where to put him. So I put him at four because of his offensive ability. But defensively, he's not good. He's not good. Not the best creator either. But, but everywhere, like he's an efficient scorer. Like he shoots sixty percent true shooting. Um, he shoots well from three, almost forty oh, percent. This was he's his best scoring year. You he look at the numbers, he had a great better with him off the court. statistical year, exactly. And and we're actually we're gonna take a quick break because I think this conversation is gonna end up being a lot longer, and we're we're running up against the you know time. So we're gonna take a quick break and then come back and finish the Kyrie discussion. Okay, no, so I agree. It's so weird because he had his best statistical year, um, and when I was ranking Kyrie. This was the guy that I had the toughest time with because I look at it and you say, okay, last year he's on the Celtics. They're legitimately better this year with Kemba Walker, but Tatum also Tatum, Gordon Hayward and Jalen Brown were also way better. But how much do you attribute that to before they were also playing with Kyrie? Then you look at, he, he wanted out of Boston. He wanted out of Cleveland. His coach got fired maybe because of him. But then I'm like, that's not really on the court. So it's like, it's so many different factors. He's the, he's an unbelievably talented player. Like I, I, it's crazy. And I hope he gets it figured out on the mental side of things. I, so I ended up, I ended up having him, uh, let's see. So I've gone four. I ended up having him, uh, sixth and, um, I was like, okay, that's a fair spot. I'm not putting him in the, you know, the top top tier, but I'm also not having him in the bottom tier. Um, and I, I think when I go back and forth on that Kemba argument, you could, I don't know. I, I think there's so many different things to balance out, but I want my point guard. I want guys to want to play with him. I want him to make other people better. I haven't really seen that from him, but he's such an elite offensive talent that I'm like, all right, if I'm starting with Kyrie, I feel like I can try my very best to put the best team around for him. And and the floor is pretty high if I have Kyrie and I, I'm going from there. But I, 
he's just he's just so and confusing I, to me. And I keep telling myself, like, all right, a team can't win with Kyrie. And then I go back a couple of years and I say, well, he won a championship. Yeah, LeBron, obviously. LeBron makes everyone so great. He was quiet on that team. He never had these outbreaks, never really had problems with the coaching. Like He was just a silent assassin when he was in Cleveland. Then all of a sudden, LeBron leaves. He's out. It, it, it just turned into a really odd situation. And now everywhere, he's, the two places he's been since then, it's just been the most confusing. And he still puts up 30 points a game, which is the weirdest part. Yeah. But I- everyone still shits on him and says, well, he sucks now, and now that he doesn't have LeBron, like he'll never be the same. And yeah, I, I think it goes both ways. I think I think Cleveland was the perfect situation for him, and that's when we talk about like I, if I can try and create the perfect situation for him, like I think he can be really, really good, and that's why I have him six. But like in Cleveland, I think one he really liked his coach, like Tyron Lue for. For whatever reason, like got NBA players just they fuck with Tyron Lue. They like, everyone <laughs> wants that, him to be their coach, and he somehow doesn't have a job. But um, so one, he liked his coach. I think two, I think Braun definitely helped him. Like Braun was like, "All right, I will, I will take up the bulk of the playmaking responsibilities. Just go get buckets." But then you're like, "I want my point guard to also like create," and I think. He tried to be that creator last year in Boston, and we saw how that worked out. But I also don't think that was the best team to really fit around Kyrie. Like, you know, Jalen and JT are, are dogs that want to get their shots. So Brooklyn, it was it was just a, too much of a small of a sample size for me to put Kyrie like eight or nine. Whereas like if it won a whole season and and Brooklyn was as bad overall as they were this year with him leading the way – I probably would have noshed him down a peg, but he's teetering where next year, if I don't see some sort of improvement in like making your team better and guys wanting to play with you, I'd probably have to peg him down. But like, if I can get him in the right spot, like there's no one else that can go get a bucket the way he can. And, and I can see him next year going back to just being ridiculous with KD like alongside of him. Kind yeah, of his boy. Type presence where yeah. he just erupts for another 32, 33 point. MVP type season. Season, yeah. And then gets into the playoffs and he rushes for 40 in a series or something. Yeah. That's another thing. Playoffs, you're not going to wait. He's going to make, take and make the toughest shots. Uh, And and I think the only problem that we've seen with him the past couple of years is he's just too ball dominant. Like, he's just become a player that needs the ball in his hands 95% of the possessions and wants to dribble around for 15 out of the 24 seconds and. Just sometimes, and I think that's why Brad Stevens would it just didn't work because Brad Stevens is a system coach. That's not, not yeah. a, you do whatever you want. Yeah, like oh, it's all good. Do your thing. Yeah. Um, so item I, five. I just think he's a guy who, who needs less structure and needs free reign and needs another guy that's elite next to him. Exactly, and but that's still very valuable. He he was by far the toughest for me to rank. But we we had ended up, ended up pretty similar on that. I had him at him six. You had him four. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so we've now both given our one through four. I've also given my six. So you give me your five. So my five was Ben Simmons. Wow. Okay. And it's a guy that I've always kind of shit on in the past, just because he can't shoot. Um, but his ability, like when you look at him from 
a point guard standpoint, if you build a team kind of around him, guys that can score, give him a big guy, obviously like Joel Embiid or a dude that's as dominant as Joel Embiid, he's so efficient and so good defensively that you can't really argue that him not scoring the ball hurts you that much. Like, he puts the ball in a basket at a 60% rate from the field. That's so much higher than anyone else on this list. I don't care if he doesn't shoot threes. His free throw percentage sucks, obviously, but he's efficient when he does shoot the ball around the rim, and he's only shooting the ball around the rim. And then you go look into his passing. He makes some incredible passes. He can run the floor. He's 6'10". He's kind of like a mini LeBron that can't shoot. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. He's also elite defensively. People have talked about him being a defensive player of the year candidate in the past, and it's because he's so good um, at guarding one through five. Like You can have him switch onto a big man, and he's going to be able to D up and have them give up the ball. He can also guard a guy like Steph Curry and with length, put a hand up. If they go, he's going to be able to recover if they're going to the hoop. Like The dude's just a legitimate defensive player of the year, also a great distributor, can rebound the ball at the point guard position, which I don't really care about, but he's efficient as well. Like The only thing about his game that's bad is his three-point shooting and his scoring, and it's because, well, frankly, he just doesn't shoot the three ball. Yeah. You know, like, I just think there's so many other aspects of his game that make up for it that I would want him over some of these other guys that are later on the list. That's completely fair. And I think this will be our biggest difference. I had him 10. Um, wow. And I will explain, and and everything you said is fair. I think if you're building a team like that, I, I get it. He does, literally, he does everything well besides shoot, right? Um, my biggest problem, I talked about it earlier. I want my point guard to be the guy that makes the show go. I want to know that with him on the floor, four other guys, were going to be chilling. And I, I haven't seen that from him. Um, again, he puts the ball in, in the basket at a very elite level, but to this point with Ben Simmons as the point guard in Philadelphia, he has shown no signs that the offense is better with him being the point guard with him versus him being off and he makes up for a lot of that with his defensive abilities he can literally guard almost one through five like maybe not big elite fives but one through four for sure and he puts so much pressure on you in transition great passer great finisher but for me like 110 offensive rating with him on the floor 112 with him off the floor and that's a big problem for me and I think Part of that is spacing. So like I said earlier, like when you have a, a, I won't go too deep into it, but essentially if he's your point guard, now you need to have everyone around him essentially needs to shoot. And it, it goes both ways. We saw without Joel Embiid, he was going crazy and they were winning. But I, I shouldn't have to not play my best player or second best player because I want to get the most out of you. You know what I mean? Like I want my point guard to make everyone better and for guys to be able to play with him. And for him to not shoot and create, uh, kind of shrink the floor the way he does, for him to still be 10, that actually shows a lot of what I think of him. Um, And I I think we haven't even seen close to peak Ben Simmons. He's 23. I think by the time he's 25, 26, he can be a, a top three point guard. I just, at this very point in time, I haven't seen the offense be able to be run at a high enough level where now where I feel confident. And again, he makes up for so much of that on defense, but I I want my point guard to run the show and I don't want to not be able to play certain guys with Ben with my point guard, you know? 
Um, and that's, that's why it was so tough for me is that goes against everything that I like said before when I said this is what I want in a point guard. But I kind of looked at it from a different standpoint of if I want to win basketball games, can I win basketball games with him as my point guard and put guys around him that can shoot, that are elite as totally. well, not necessarily all-star level elite, have maybe one more other all-star. Like, And when I looked at it as well, I said, okay, he's got another all-star in Joel Embiid, and they were almost there. They were once, I guess that wasn't the what, the Eastern Conference Finals, but they were one shot away from getting there. Right. And he played pretty decent in that series, not scoring-wise, but shot the ball efficiently, right. made great plays, great passes, defended well. I just think that if I had to build a team and a winning team, I could do it with him putting guys around him and it goes against That's everything fair. I said as far as the scoring goes, but he's efficient. He's an elite level defender. And I just think I, I don't mean me as a person and everyone else. Don't, we don't give him enough credit. Yeah. To how elite of a basketball player he is. And he, I, as a playmaker too, like right. people don't realize he makes really great play. Like it's not even just his passing. Like he, when he's in transition, he makes, he goes to the hole, finishes at an elite level, both hands, both hands. He shoots these weird right-handed shots too, and they go in. They look they're, like they're terrible so shots. They're weird so looking, weird looking, yeah. Right-handed hook shots, and they go in. Like, yeah. No. I just think he's so much more skilled than people give him credit for. The only thing is scoring, and that's obviously a huge factor in the NBA yeah. and at the point guard position. But he does some so much more. It's it's like Kyra, or it's like a it's like Luca. Like he's not efficient, but he does everything else well. Exactly. Man, can't shoot, but he does everything else at such an efficient rate. Or at such a great, like, high elite level that uh, it was yeah. hard for me not to put him in my top five. And that's that's very fair. I think two things I want to touch on uh, before we move on. Uh, one, we talked about, like, like I just talked, we talked about how Steph, Dame have changed the game. When you have to go out there and guard him out there, okay, the space, the floor is so open. And it's just shrunk. Like, I, you can play him with four guys, but... One, I I would love to see him on a team with four four spa- floor spacers and just see how good that team would be. I would love to see that. Two, I want to I want to make sure people know I love Ben Simmons. Like for me, having him ten, like sure that's low right now. Again, I think he can very much move up. Um, I just it's just tough for me. Like the offense was literally better this year when he was off the floor and last year it was the same exact thing. And in that Raptors series, when they started to have success, it was because they moved Ben off the ball and Jimmy Butler was on the ball. And that kind of moves into my last point, which is I wonder, like, I'm not saying to do this, but I think it's a fun thought. I like, I think he could be like a really interesting three that just takes on a lot of on ball duties. You know what I mean? Like in Philly right now, it's like, if he's on the court, he is the point guard. He brings the ball up. Like Tobias is not bringing it up. Josh Richardson's not bringing it up. Obviously, like no one is. Ben Simmons is bringing it up. I think it'd be really interesting if you play him at the three. Obviously, if he gets it in transition, let him push. Uh, let him initiate the offense at times. But I wonder if you could almost get more out of Ben playing him at the three. I don't know. Well, I, obviously, what do I know? But I think that would be an interesting thought. 
And I think I think that's what the, the Sixers were thinking when they drafted Markel Fultz. Like I think that's what that's their exact thought process. Obviously, that never worked out, but that would have been something really interesting to watch to see Markel Fultz develop with Ben Simmons on the court as well. Yeah, especially if Markel had shot the way he did in Washington. Once he showed he literally couldn't shoot, it's like okay, that'll never work, Ben Simmons and Markel. But if you what that's still such a weird like that doesn't get they should do a thirty for thirty on that. Like he was a he would shoot deep in Washington. Like we had packed off school, we saw him off the pick, everything. But I don't know, man. Um, I, ben Sim is a very interesting basketball. We've never really seen a basketball player like him. We've seen similar, like like you said, like a bit like LeBron. Like some would say Magic, but uh, I he just doesn't shoot three. He, and th- th- another thing that frustrates me too about Ben Simmons is I feel like if he shot threes, he could. Do it at a semi-efficient rate. Right. Like, I feel like he's not a terrible shooter. He just doesn't shoot. He doesn't. He's it's shown so us. Weird. Like he has wide open threes, and you're like, all right, if he takes that, you miss. It's okay. Game. We're you living. Gotta, yeah. hundred percent. Like you gotta shoot. take three. Take like, it. If you miss it, who cares? You shoot twenty percent in a season. Who cares? Come back the next season. Shoot, shoot twenty-five. 25. Exactly. Shoot thirty. Like. It's like it's like this mental oh, block Jesus for Christ. him. Yeah. And and we've seen interviews. There's opening up another bag, but I love it. Like Brett Brown has said, like he's frustrated. He's like, I am trying to get Ben Simmons to shoot these. I'm not he's not asking him to take, you know, off the dribble, step back, running off a screen three. Like, it's just if you are wide open, like no one within five feet of you, which has happened many a times, shoot the damn thing. Like it's And if he starts shooting at two, do you know how much that would open up for him. Oh, would, my, oh my God. Uh, he would be unleashed. He already is so good with the defense knowing he is not a threat from 16 feet out. Imagine, Ben. Imagine the possibilities. And he's 23. Who knows? But, like, I don't know, man. He, It's just like I, with what I prioritize in my point guard, he is literally the opposite of that. But he's so good in what he does. I still have him in the top 10 with room to go up. But I, I want my point guard to to be an offensive engine. Yep. Um, and in that same vein, I think I think honestly, I'll get a when I post. I always post the pictures, and I have people you know DM me or comment. I think I'll probably get a lot of hate for this. Um, but I have Trey at five. Okay. Um, and I get it. The Hawks have not shown a semblance of of being able to to win with him at the point. Um, he's also the by far not even close. I know the worst defender on this list, but it's uh, it's again he's the it, worst defender in the league. Yeah, no, exactly. Like he's, he's literally number four hundred or however. Yeah, he's, he's literally. Let me last. pull up the number. Uh, with him on the floor this year. Um, let me. Okay, I didn't have it up right away. Let me. Let me. Give me one second. Him on the floor this year. And again, part of this, it's it's not all of it or even most of it, but slight, slightly some of it is he pushes the pace so, so, so much. So the pace is so much faster with him on the floor. But when he was on the floor this year, they gave up 118 points per 100 possession. And when he was off, they gave up 111. Um, and that's just that, – that picture that doesn't paint the full picture, but there's no – you can slice it any way you want. He is not a good – defensive player he's an awful defensive player but as i said i prioritize the offense and i feel like we can get our two and three to be able to play d and you know get some room protection there and he outside of luca damon steph um is what i would consider the best offensive engine 
I think Kyrie's a better uh, Trey averaged twenty nine this year on on pretty pretty efficient scoring, but I think Kyrie's still a better shot maker score whatever you want to phrase it but i think trey is a better offensive player and that he makes life a lot easier for the people around him when hit with him off the court again they didn't have a backup point guard for 50 percent of the year so these might be skewed a little bit but with him off the court 98 points per 100 possessions with him on the court 112 and he also wasn't playing with he had john collins you know he had some guys but he wasn't playing with you know, I, I would say below average offensive talent around him. So it's like moving forward, I think him, Simmons, too, and Luca probably have the most room to improve next year, too. Um, he's just elevates the floor, makes everyone around him so much better. So again, we go back to the spacing thing. You're always going to have spacing because you have to guard him so far out. He's great vision, great passer, um, does checks every box on offense. But obviously, defense he needs to work on. And I, I'm really interested to see how he can elevate Capella and John Collins. And 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 they've you've seen the mold. They've they've got they drafted DeAndre Hunter for this exact reason to play with Trey. He's a guy that you know is gonna play defense. And Cam Reddish, who has the defensive tools, and even Herter, he's not a great defender yet, but he, they I think they believe internally he can be solid. So they have the pieces now. It's just in terms of development, development. And I can see I, I could see a scenario in which the Hawks in one, two, three years, if Trey continues this this path, uh, having a top three offense every year just because Trey runs the show. And it, it was interesting for me because I remember when we were talking at the beginning of the season, you kind of had the Hawks as a sleeper pick to, to get into the playoffs. Yeah, I do remember that. And if you look at it now, it's like, what happened? Like John Collins being suspended. No, that's not all of it. Uh, for sure, not all of it. But they they played like five games before he got suspended, and they were competitive and everyone. I think they were three and two, and then they just fell off a damn cliff once Collins went out. And it's not yeah, all that. My, my only problem was with Trey Young, and the reason why I have him as my seventh. So okay, just I had Chris Paul at six. We, we talked about him, and then I have Trey Young at seven, and he's so elite offensively already at such a young age that you you got to look and just say, all right, three or four years from now. Where is he? He's, he's averaging 30 points a game. And how old is he? 21 years old? Yeah, it's, it's like, pretty stupid. He's so young. He just needs to become a little bit more efficient for me. I know he is efficient right now, and I think the true shooting percentage is, is a little higher than it. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know where, what you mean, yeah. Like, he, sh- he shoots so well from the line that I think it brings it up a little bit. A bit. Yeah, and, and the threes. It accounts for, and it accounts for how many threes you shoot. Yeah. I just think he needs to get a little bit better with his shot selection, his passing selection. When he goes to the hole, when he steps back and takes a 35-footer. Like, you were seeing a lot of times in games, he would just run the ball up the court, and then he would just fire a 40-footer. That was right. And very... I don't want to say bad, shot, but a very questionable shot. I agree. I'm with you. And for me, I think the potential's there. It's just he's not a winner. He hasn't shown that he's a winner in the NBA yet. He takes some questionable shots for me. He doesn't care about defense at all. And when he's matched up with an, uh, another elite uh, point guard in the league, he gets absolutely crushed. Towards, yeah. Um, it's just for me, it's not there yet. And defensive has your defense ability has a huge part to do with it and just his shot selection has a huge um part to do with it but uh for me he's so elite offensively that he's seven and yeah his passing another thing too is he's averaging almost 10 assists a game 
but I don't really see him as an elite level passer. Really? I, I think know, that's our first I, like disagreement, like fundamental disagreement. Okay, I think and I don't know why I think that I, I haven't watched a ton of Trey Young, but I just feel like he tries too hard. He kind of does the Westbrook in forcing assists. Really? Well, okay. Let me see because I actually didn't look. We haven't really talked about turnovers. I, I, I don't care too much. What? Okay, so they 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 had they averaged more turnovers with him off the floor with and for as much as he had the ball, I feel like I don't know. I, I don't have a stat that says he's an elite passer. Uh, again, you can't just say assists, but I, for me, just in terms of raw feel, like I saw him make some passes and not even just assist passes. I I watched a lot. I weirdly watched a lot of Hawks this year, um, but I saw him make passes that I felt like that was above average vision like I don't know if the normal point guard makes that pass and I think another reason why I bumped up a little bit higher because I think for as as good as Trey Young's been offensively like I think most NBA fans are just not sold on him yet because again they didn't win at all but when Collins came back I remember they they beat they beat Philly at home they beat Dallas at home like we were starting to see okay Trey was so transcendent on the offensive end that it won them some games at home. And I think that's why what's kind of solidified him at five for me. Um, but I, that's interesting. It's just like you feel like some of his – the usage is just so high. He's running into some of these assists. Not necessarily running it. I think he just forces a lot of passes and gets some some lucky assists off it. But – when you, I hate to compare him to Luca because everyone does it because they're traded for each other in the yeah. same draft class, whatever. But how much better is Luca's surrounding core than Trey's? And if you look at it from a numbers perspective, they're averaging, they're both averaging twenty nine. They're both averaging right around nine, ten assists. Are you, are you making the argument that Lucas is like not that much better? Trey, no, I'm, I'm making the argument that Luca's a lot better. No, I'm saying the surrounding core. I'm saying the surrounding core is not that much better. Would you argue differently? I would say I'm not going to say there's like this massive gap, but I'll also say it was enough to for me to use the word like significant, and not just necessarily talent, but like from a lot of the year, like Trey Center was Damian Jones and Alex Len. For a lot of the year, it was his wing was. Cam Reddish, rookie Cam Reddish, who he got a lot better and made strides, but wasn't great. Like I, I didn't feel like he had any even Kevin Herter towards the end of the year. Again, towards the end of the year, it got a lot better, but I didn't feel like the surround. Now I didn't feel like the pieces were great. And whereas the Mavs aren't great, like I talked about, they weren't great. But Tim had a great year. Kleba had a great year, and you could argue that's because of Luca. But I think you have to give those guys some credit. Uh, Chris stops towards the end, you know. Um, DeLon, I, I felt like just more reliable, more, more. I, I'd say established and reliable, and I think that. I helps. agree. I agree with that. Though I, I agree, it's more established and definitely more reliable. But just from a skill standpoint, I just it's weird to me that they have. In, Trey's a better three point shooter statistically. Luke is a little bit better from the field, but I just don't get why. The Mavs are looking, I guess the system and the coaching is a lot different. But to me, as players, like they both have the same skill set and same, and same skill set. Just one is so much higher right now. And it, yeah. 
I'm trying to figure out you, why you, Yeah, I get where, where, where you're going. Because one, like the difference between the Mavs and Hawks was massive. And I think part of that is obviously the pieces being more established and a better coach and system. But I think a lot of that, you're right, is attributed to Luca just being better as a creator. Um, this is, this is, and it's, I, I know you hate it, but I think it's interesting always to, to be able to compare these two. Um, I need to see, I want to see Trey with better guys around him. And then I feel like I can have a better idea of like, okay, I don't think we'll ever get to the point where we're calling them empty numbers, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like more empty versus like meaningful. Uh, I don't know. You know, and I and I love Trey. Don't get me wrong, I love Trey. I think he's hey, you got him seven. Yeah, he's going to be a guy that competes for an MVP here in a couple years. Um, I just haven't seen it on the winning end of things like a lot of other people haven't, and I just think he forces a little too much in his game. And I think it'll that just comes with time. Once you know, give him a couple years and just get a little better feel for the NBA and and you know what it's like. I think he'll become a little more comfortable and make some smarter passes and force a little less both shooting and passing. I'm with you. I'm completely with you. I think I err a little bit more on the side of, okay, what was he working with for most of the year? And when John Collins was there, seeing like a, a decent basketball team. But we will find out pretty soon next year. They're going to have Capella, Cam Herter, John Collins are all going to be a year older. Again, I'm not ruling out them as a 7th or 8th seed next year. I honestly am not. not. either. Um, and I think a lot of people – probably would okay taking our second quick break uh let's see i've gone one through six and my 10 in simmons so i have seven eight nine we'll obviously discuss our guys that were fringe and you are one through seven, seven. okay perfect quick break and then we'll be back to wrap this up all right uh all right so we're both at seven do you want to give me your seven or you do you want me to go? Yeah, I'll give you my seven. Okay. I, I mean, I already gave you my seven. It was Trey, but I'll give oh, you yeah. my eight. eight um, my eight was John Morant. And Love that. This was tough for me because... He was 12 for me. Okay. And when I thought about it, I was like, all right, Jaw is... Is he a top 10 point guard? And... It's a very interesting question. First, you can make an argument. I was, at first, I was like, no. He's not. He's just not there yet. But then I just, I looked at it from a, first of all, winning standpoint. No one thought they were going to win any games this year. Everyone thought they were going to finish in the bottom three. Correct. Then I looked at it from an efficiency standpoint, and I said, all right, is he even shooting an efficient rate from the field everywhere? And I said, probably not. And then I looked at the numbers. He's shooting 50% from the field, which is really good for a first-year guard. That's ridiculous. He's shooting 37% from three. I thought he was a terrible three-point shooter. He's shooting almost 80% from the line, 57% true shooting percentage. And he's just, when he plays, he's so smooth and he makes everyone around him so much better. And I feel like he's a decent enough defender to where I can't say he's bad at defense. Yeah. Um, and I just think he's going to make a big-time jump next year. That's and really when true. I made this list, I kind of said, all right, this is next year, start of next year. He's going to get a whole offseason to really work on his game, get better. Um, he's already averaging 18 points a game as a, as a rookie at an efficient rate. He's passing the ball really well. He doesn't really have great pieces around him, and he's still shining. 
and he's probably going to be the rookie of the year. I just think he's going to make a big jump next year, and he's already very efficient. And when I when I first thought about it, I was like, he's not an efficient player. Like, there's just no way. And then I looked at right. it. You, he, the way he plays, you would think he's not efficient. You know what I mean? Not at all. And I thought he was a terrible three-point shooter. Like, everyone shits on him for his three-point shooting coming out of college. Everyone's like, oh, he's so athletic. He makes great passes. He can rebound, triple-double, machine ball, blah, blah, but he can't shoot the three. And then you didn't get to see a lot of him this year. I did go back and watch some of him, and I did get to see him play a little bit on national TV. But um, he just is really smooth. He has a great feeling for the game. His basketball IQ is really high. Um, I just think he needs some a little bit of time to develop. But I think the pieces are there for him. I think he takes good shots, and he takes the correct shot, and I think he makes good passes. I just think he needs a little bit of time to develop. I'm with you. And and can I give you a stat uh, for your point? Yes. Eight players this year have had a usage um, over over 40% in clutch clutch situations. And that's, you know, assuming, you know, right amount of games, right amount of shots, whatever. Jaw had the highest true shooting percentage in clutch situations of, of those eight players with over 40%. That is an insane stat. He delivered... Time after time again, I think something you didn't touch on that I love about him too. I've listened to him mic'd up. That guy is a leader. Like he's leading grown men right now as a 19-year-old. And he all, all he cares about is winning. I think the reason why he's not quite there yet for me is um, I, I just – I think he's shown flashes again. And, and I think he will eventually be an elite scorer. But I think at this point in time – and he. I think you could give uh, it could go the other way and you could give him credit for not taking shots that maybe he shouldn't take yet. But I don't think he's at the level yet where he can take shots and, and affect the game. The offense again, as an engine yet um, the offense was essentially a little bit better with him on the floor versus him off, but it wasn't a massive difference. So it was like, this guy has all the tools, but he was right on the fringe for me. He was 12. Um, and I, I just didn't feel like in a, in a big time game where I needed him, I'm like, okay, he's going to run the show and get everyone great looks, or he can just always take over. And cause he's still, I think he needs to put on a little bit more weight. Who knows? People say that about a lot of guys and you know, some do, he, he some was, don't, but he was a little weird this year too, because he would have games where he'd have like 10 points and took like only five shots. Five shots. And then, exactly. And then you'd see him score 30 where he's taking the majority of the shots and running the offense right so consistency for me is what the biggest thing was at this point in his career again we're starting the season you know whatever you want to say next year tomorrow uh he was It'll 12 be interesting for me. to see how they build around him too like what kind of pieces they're looking for yeah. moving on i know they're not going to get great picks because they're making the playoffs or whatever but yeah it'll no. be interesting to see what kind of pieces they they try to put because they already have jaron jackson who's he's been hurt but he looks like he's going to be a stud, elite level rim protector, can shoot the three, spread the floor, like a great pick and roll piece for him. Yep. Great pick and pop guy. But it'll just be interesting to see how they build around him because he's obviously the star going forward. And yeah. Do you do you see him being a number one guy on on a playoff or championship contending team here? In like four it's or five years? it's it's hard to say this so early, but if I had a guess, yes. Like the, okay. uh, I would feel com- like if I'm the Grizzlies, I feel very very comfortable with with saying that. I agree. Yeah. Um. Okay, so that was your eight. Mm-hmm. My seven, so I'll go my seven. My seven was Lowry. 
Um, age was a factor here. Again, he's not necessarily one of those guys that you're like, hey, we're running the offense around Kyle Lowry, but he does everything so, so well, and he's proven in the past three, four years he is a winner. He's a absolutely a winning basketball player. And I thought an interesting point I thought of um, is – I give some credence to, yes, you can't maybe necessarily run a whole offense based around Kyle Lowry, but he can play with anybody. And I think a, a big point is is he made DeMar DeRozan work. And we haven't seen, again, he's been in San Antonio, but he made DeMar DeRozan work. And again, DeMar was amazing back then, but a guy who couldn't shoot the three, who, who kind of clamped up. The, the spacing he was able to take some of that defensive load off to martyrs and he's a great defender for for the position he takes a million charges he plays he plays like a bitch he him and chris paul play similar in that way but it's like he does what he needs to, to do to to get you to win he i think he was a absolutely huge piece in them winning last year in the playoffs i, I went through the the t- and in the regular seasons the offense has been so much better with him on the floor the defense has been better with him on the floor He's a guy that if he's open from three, I feel very confident in him making not maybe not this crazy elite elite passer. I think back in the day, like Houston Rockets, Kyle Lowry averaged like 10, 12 assists, but like just a, a very, very smart player. He's never going to hurt you. He's almost like a Chris Paul, like a poor man, a, a slight like a 25 percent off Chris Paul in terms of just like he's going to always make the right play, always engaged um and will make the big shot and he, he just makes up he makes up for so many different weaknesses other places with his he's just a team player you saw it in the also it sounds silly to use the all-star game but like talent wise he was probably the the were the least talented or secondly least talented but he he somehow is out there playing him and chris paul it's funny actually those two were the two guys that weren't starters but we're playing in crunch time when the game mattered. And I think that I'm not having him here because of that, but like he's just a winner. And I I had him here because he affects the game in so many different ways and helps you win in so many different ways. Yeah. And I, I have him at 11 and okay. obviously not in my top 10, but he's right there. And it's just for the sole purpose of he's a winner. Like, like you said, and, and he gets the job done and he's, he's going he's gonna to show up every night. He's just one of those guys that, He's so good, but he's not an elite anything. Really, anything. Yeah, yeah. like he, and he's, he's an elite winner. He's, he's an elite, elite winner. He's elite, <laughs> an elite grinder and elite yeah. tryhard. You know, like yeah, he just, he's every night, all eighty-two games. He's coming out. He's playing hard. He's grinding on defense. He's taking charges. Like he's the coach's favorite player. Like he is a coach. Honestly, he's like a coach on yeah, the floor. Yeah, that's what he's gonna do when he retires. But yeah. for me, it's just he's. So old. What is he like? Thirty-five. I think he's gonna be thirty-five. That that played a factor. Like I almost bumped him down for it, but I was like, ah, I mean, I saw enough this year for really, like, is he gonna drop off that much next year? I don't know. Yeah, and you can't really say, are oh, he's gonna drop off because he's he's older? Like, if you're taking him for one year, like, it it doesn't really matter. But for me, it's just he's so average to me, and it it's so weird because he's always had like a really good team around him, at yeah. least in Toronto that. He works so well, and he fits their scheme so well, and he does everything so decently well. It's just I can't if if I was trying to build around, it would just be hard to have like. That's fair. Can't it, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's it's totally to, fair. It's hard to explain, but just his 
like demeanor and his like winning mentality, you have to like respect him. You have to, and exactly. You're not. He's not going to cause any problems on team. Like everyone respects him. Everyone knows like who he is as a player. He's just you know what you're going to get out of him yeah. night in night out. He he just does. And before we move on, I, I remember I'll get. I remember it was like a month before the quarantine end and I wasn't doing shit. It was like 2 p.m. on a Tuesday and I was watching one of the ESPN has some god awful shows from like one to four in the afternoon. And I think it was like I think it was Tony Kornheiser and Michael Wilbon or, or some it was someone and they were interviewing Nick Nurse and they were saying, man, like. Kawhi, no Kawhi this year, like, you know, the normal, like, basic headline, like, you guys are just as good, like, why is that? And Nick Nurse straight up said, like, Kyle Lowry, like, the key is Kyle Lowry, and I think he does so many things that the average basketball fan does not see or does not notice that translates to winning, and and we don't, we won't see it, again, like you said, he's not an elite scorer, not elite passer, you can make an argument maybe I don't even think you can say elite defensive player but he does so many things and he's so smart and he makes everyone around him better that I had to I I felt like I had to put himself yeah um okay so you're now one through eight you're done yes uh okay my eight was was Kemba okay where was he for you? I, I had Kemba at 10 okay um I I think it, it I, I love I love that it worked out in Boston this year because to this point we had just seen him in Charlotte and he was like a worse Dame Lillard and like really loyal to his team. City loves him, but like with Dame, at least you're getting to the you know conference finals or, or close. Kemba never got anywhere near that, um, and he's he's obviously not as not as good as Dame, but um, he's a guy who shoots it really well, fits in really well, a team first guy. I don't think. Uh, I mean, you saw you can compare directly compare and contrast last year, and again, Jalen and and Gordon and and JT got better. You give them credit, but I also think you give Kemba credit for being the point guard that made that all work. He, I think, has the lowest ceiling in terms of some of these guys, but just similar to Kyle Lowry, just super high intangibles, very smart, a guy that I feel confident, maybe not to always go get me a bucket, but a, a very skilled offensive player who has shot it well this year and um, has done enough this year for me where I'm like, okay, I play him at my point. He's I feel confident he's going to make other guys better. He's not a great defender, but he's not a terrible defender. He's a smart defender at this point in his career. Um, hit big shots, and I, I love what he did in Boston. I, I think this, this year was big for me in seeing – Kemba is a winning basketball player. I don't think you could have always said that in Charlotte. And again, some of that, I think a lot of times we got to be careful in labeling guy a, a losing basketball player just because he's on a team losing a lot when he's the main guy. But uh, pretty just a, a solid eight for me. I, I don't have too much to, to go into on Kemba outside of that. Yeah, and it's, for me, it's just an elite, elite score. That's like, yeah. he's not a great passer. He's not a bad passer by any means, but he's not a great passer. He, he makes the right pass when he needs to. Um, he shoots efficiently, decently efficiently, but he's just like... Dude, 49% from the field, which is... No. Oh, shit. He's not... No, that sorry, that was Ben Simmons. That was yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just making sure you're you're awake. <laughs> I was like 49. I had the wrong tab. I had the wrong tab. I, I was even shocked. I had to just say it. Yeah, 42. He, just, he shoots mostly threes now, like. And he's shooting 37. 
But in in saying that also, while he's not an elite playmaker, I still do feel like he can make the guys around him better, if that makes sense. I wonder how many assists was he getting in, in uh, I know assists aren't everything, but I wonder how many assists he was averaging. I in, think it was around like Charlotte. six. Six, I'd say, if I had to guess his career average. And you would think it'd be more just because he had the ball in his hands right. so much. Like but he's a scorer. Yeah, score like, and that's and that's what I, I guess what I'm saying is he's just a scorer. Like yeah, seven, seven point seven and a half points uh, per hundred possessions better with him on the floor versus him off. And they again, they have Jalen Gordon and, and JT. So uh, he's made a difference in Boston. And I, I'm, I'm he was just a much better fit over Kyrie Irving. You know, I agree, and I think it's because he doesn't need the ball in his hands so much. Like he's fine just being a, you know, not not necessarily a role player, but like a a role star. If right. That makes sense. Exactly. I love. I like that term, a role star. That's like Kyrie. That's like Kyle. Um, okay, so that was my eight. So now we're squared up at one through eight. I already gave my ten. So you give me your nine. Or, so my nine is Russ, and I kills. I didn't even want to have him on the day. Same. I, that's my nine too. And, and we're about to have a talk and a half. And if you, if you told me that. I didn't have to put him in my top ten, and no one would care. Like, and I, I wouldn't have him there because I, I dislike him so much as a team basketball player. Like, yeah, I don't even think he'd be in my fifty. I wouldn't. I just don't want him on my team, dude. Realistically, like I thought about, it, I think part of I like to think like part of me is like I don't give a fuck what other people think. I'm just gonna post it on Instagram. But like part of me, if I, I know if I'm not putting Russ in there, I'm. It's just gonna be so tiring it's to be a like. Joke. People would think of it as a joke. Yeah, people it's like. Yeah, and it's 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 not, and I have a lot to say, but I know you have a, a great stat, and I want to hear every because we're not. I I honestly I want to say we're being objective, like objectively, I think there's 15 guys I'd rather have over him as my point guard. Like I have so wrestling. Like Drew, like Drew Holiday Drew was my I'd yeah, he's my 13. If, if I'm Exactly. So he takes such bad shots. He steals people's rebounds. He only cares about stats. He just does so many things that would just piss me off. He can't win. He doesn't win. He's supposed to be this MVP, elite All Star, and he can't win. No matter where he goes, you put him with Thank Kevin you. Durant. You put him with Kevin Durant. You put him with James Harden. Arguably, two of the best scores of all time. Can't and win. He can't win. You put him with a elite level three in Paul George. Couldn't get out of the. I'm not asking you to win the finals with Paul George, but if you're the MVP level player, you say you are. You're getting out of the first round, bro. Like crazy to me that people don't under. A lot of these guys, Trey Young, Luca, sit like a lot of these guys. You can say, okay, we haven't seen him with talent around him. You can't say that around uh, Russell Westbrook. He's had the most elite talent around him. And and get this, this year, this year, guys, and, and I, I hate to, you know, this is not an end all be all. This year, the Rockets are better offensively with Russell Westbrook off the court. 
Like, how how can that be your point guard when you are literally – it goes back into Simmons. But Simmons does – the reason why I even have Russell 9 is the, the stretch he went on where they traded Capella. But it's not even like a close, like on the off court, like small difference. On the court this year, 112 points per 100 possessions. Off the court, 117. And it's not and, – and pace is in his favor. Like when he's on the court, they're playing at a much faster pace. Right, like they are getting up and down with him on the court, whereas opposed when he's off. Okay, it's a little bit more half court. James Harden dance five points better with him off the court. That's ridiculous. Like, and that's a lot. Like five points is a ton. That's a lot. I don't realize like, that's a ton of points when you look at it from that standpoint. Like, also for me, the number one problem I have with Russell Westbrook is his shot selection. He takes the worst shots I've ever seen. He will, he will run up the court and just fire a three, and he's not a good – he shot 24% from three this year. And that, is, that is horrendous. Two, that is so much worse than any that's, – that's 10% less than anyone else we have in our top 20 probably. Yes, but, but besides Ben Simmons. Although Ben Simmons doesn't take Ben Simmons them. shot 33% from yeah, the three this year. He doesn't he took, take them. He made one. Yeah. One or three. <laughs> um, okay, and, and I think – well, did you have your crazy stat? Was that it? Was it the twenty-four? No, no. So this stat is just it goes along the with the it goes along lines of he takes awful shots, rush shots, and so basically he's shooting over fifty percent of his shots before fifteen seconds left on the shot shot clock, and twenty-seven percent of his shots come before eighteen seconds left on the shot clock. Most guys don't even get the ball across half court before like 18 seconds. You know what I mean? Right. And he's already taking 27 per, 27% of all the shots he takes come before 18 seconds. Just for reference, Damian Lillard takes 10% of his shots before 18 seconds and only 37% of his shots before 15 seconds. Luka takes 10% of his shots before 18 seconds and 34% before 15 seconds. So league average, most people take their sh- – like with. You run your system, right, and you take your shot between, like, 10 and 15 seconds. That's the league average. He's taking 50% of his shots before 15 seconds even hits on the shot clock. That is ridiculous. That is so bad. That just shows that he's dribbling the ball up the court, taking five dribbles, getting a screen, and just launching a shot. I, 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 that's, that's crazy, dude. And I think now that I'm thinking, I was like, why? I feel like – and it kind of leads into my point of why I have him nine. I think – a part of that is he just pushes it so much. So I think a lot, I, I would be willing to bet that out of all these point guards, he has the most points in, in transition, right? Has to, yeah. Fast break points. Well, uh, of, like the majority of the Rockets points in general are in transition. They're not really like a system team. They're a transition jack of three team, you know? Dude, but that's the thing I looked, I think that's mostly Russ. Like when it's hardened, they slow, like yeah. not necessarily slow, but like they'd rather him dribble at the top and then go. Where I mean, if they get an open look in from three in transition, they'll take it. But I think he's he makes like last year they were last in pace, and this year they're like top three now because I think that's Russ. Um, and for as as much as we shit on him, I I had him nine, honestly, essentially just because of this stretch he had um, with the past two months where he stopped taking those threes. Like, yeah, I think he was averaging one three a game. Um, where the paint was completely open now because they don't play with a big because their big is P.J. Tucker. And P.J. is literally, you can, if you're looking for P.J., he's sitting in the corner. Um, 
And so he, I think him single-handedly, he can make you a very good transition team. I will give him that. He was, I think before even in OKC, there were times where he was taking these crazy shots in transition and he wasn't the most efficient. But I think he he definitely improved in that aspect in transition finishing. He, I, I saw a lot of improvement there. But even that, now we're getting into kind of the Ben Simmons thing, except even more so, I feel like you they the Rockets literally had to move what was viewed as their second best player, or maybe not second best player, but one of their best pieces, a key piece. They had to trade him just to get the most out of Russell Westbrook. Like in order to get the most out of him, you need to have the paint completely open. You need to have four guys that can shoot. Um, and that's why Heyman Simmons were nine and 10 for as many good things as they do. Um, but like, it, it shouldn't have to be like that. I sh- one, my offense shouldn't be better with you off the court. And two, I shouldn't have to play this wild, crazy style of basketball that we've never seen to make you play your most effective game and props to the Rockets for having the balls to do that. And it clearly had a positive effect once they, they dealt him Capella and opened up the paint. But like, wh- why should I have to change everything for you you should be the one that helps everyone not i shouldn't be moving mountains to make it work for you is my is my biggest i think i think another thing with russell westbrook too is he just i feel like he just pisses people off like yeah i don't think guys want to play with him i just don't think he's a team player like when you kevin durant like says he's his favorite player to play with like they asked him in that inter- what was that uh, all the smoke. They said, "Who are your like? Who is your favorite point guard to play with?" And he said, "Steph and Russ." And I think he just says that because, because he to. left. Yeah, it's like uh, he already left, he left. Pissed him off enough, and he'll, and he'll never admit it. Oh, exactly. And I wouldn't admit it either because that's just that's not going to help anything. And but, so many people. The reason why so many people love Westbrook is they're just stat lookers. Like they just look at stats. I hate that. Say, all right, he's averaging 28, 8, and 7. Like, it's that's so tiring now to explain guy. to he's people. Just, he's good. Yeah. It's like you need, if you watch basketball and you see the way that he plays and the shots that he takes, you would get so frustrated with him. And that's why I think a lot of people it's delusional. look at him as this MVP-type player because they don't actually watch basketball. It, it's, it is so I, – I, it's gotten to the point where I just stopped arguing. I, I, I remember I had a two-year stretch where I was literally – I was leading an anti-Russell Westbrook campaign, and I was fighting an army every single day, and it was so tiring. I got tired. But ultimately, it was like, all right, you know, if they want to think that, go for it. But there's – absolutely no way if you're an MVP level player that you take the team that you had last year with Paul George who was literally playing at an MVP level uh last year you take Steven Adams you take a, a great role player in Jeremy Grant and they had other guys again not an elite elite team but a, a good team good talent and you're getting bounced in the first round like and, and it's not just that the year before that they got bounced in the first round by a rookie led Donovan Mitchell like guys can you, can you imagine if you gave Paul George to Damian Lillard. Oh my God! The if you, sw- I, I will go as far as to say this: if in that series you switch Damian Lillard and Russell Westbrook, the the Dam the thun like Damian was on the Thunder, they sweep the Blazers. Hundred percent. They sweep the it's Blazers. Not clo- it's not close. It's and it's uh, there are legitimately people that think he's 
Maybe it's cooled off. People don't think he's the best point guard in the league anymore. There's a stretch. That MVP year, oh my God, that was the most frustrating thing. And he was better then. He at least had a semi, uh, no, he had a consistent mid-range jumper and he was getting to the cup and and he had defensive players around him that fit him. But it, I mean, uh, I don't, I just don't understand. Just look at, at the results. The far- another, quick, another quick stat on Westbrook, which I think is really interesting, is if you look at win share, which just it's trying to put a number on how many games as an individual you add to your team's win total. And it's a bit of a confusing stat, but Russell Westbrook's is three. Four point, sorry, 4.3 throughout this whole season. That means he's added 4.3 wins. And he's played, what, 60 games? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Damian Lillard's is almost 10. Lucas is 8. Ben Simmons, 7.5. Kyrie Irving, who, who's played barely any games, is like two. Yeah, yeah, no. Ru- two and a half. Russell Westbrook, again, the reason I have him here. Like, all these dudes yeah. are adding like eight to ten wins in a six in 60 games. He's at only Dude, adding you three, I, four. I, it doesn't make sense. I wonder. It shows to you that he's not that valuable. What, really would, what would it be at if he hadn't had this two-month stretch? Like, two. It, it would be really low. Like he had a awful start to the season. Like he wasn't doing anything for the Rockets. He was, he was literally accomplishing the opposite of what they needed him to do. And he went off. And that's why I even have him at eight because in this system, in this system, this weird rocket system that we have literally never seen, he's been effective because they say, Hey, if you get the rebound, go push in transition. And also in the half court, now the paint is wide open for him to fly into. But, I mean, I think he'll go down in NBA history for me as, like, one of the biggest differences between what people really viewed him as and where he actually was. I agree. Um, And then I – And and I think if we got to make – we don't, like, we don't hate him by any – like, we just hate what he does to teams. Like, I don't have a problem – I don't want to play basketball that way. I don't. Exactly. That's just not how, as basketball players – we look at and, and you guys wouldn't either. I don't care if you're the biggest Russell Westbrook fan. If you were an NBA player, uh, uh, okay, maybe I. It's hard to say. We don't play with him, but like you wouldn't want to play that style of basketball either. Like you wouldn't. I get he lays it all on the line. He goes 110. percent There's no doubting that. But I think a lot of times that's hurt him in his career because he thinks he can do so much more than he actually can. And he can do certain things very, very well, but stay in that niche. And he did that the last two months. Don't try and, as LeVar said, stay in your lane. Don't try and get out of your lane and do more than you can. And and he's done that for the majority of his career. All right. Uh, you still with me, bro? Yes, sir. All right. So that's my one through 10. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. This is getting long, but let's give ourselves 10, five more than five, less than 10 minutes to wrap up um, who we were looking at as, as just missing. We're back. So um, without jumping too deep into anything, uh, 11 through 14, um, I feel like I'm I'm missing someone. I have my 11 through 14, but for whatever reason, my 13 got deleted. So it might come up when you bring them up. My 11 was De'Aaron. Uh, my 12 was Jaw. My 14 was Drew, so I might even just move him up to 13. Um, okay. I don't – I think that's – I, I might went, be missing someone, but that's why. I I'm, went Drew at 11, Lowry at 12, 
Jamal Murray at 13. I went Shea at 14 and Fox at 15. Okay, I think the most surprising thing for most would be why is Fox at 15? I just I haven't seen it. I don't know. I just I, I keep thinking that he's going to make these stellar jumps, and he hasn't done it. And I think it's – I don't know if it's a product of the team he's on or the system he's in, but I, I don't know. Maybe I just don't watch enough of him. I'm just – I'm not that stoked on De'Aaron Fox as a basketball player, and I don't know why. That's interesting. I think uh, hey, De'Aaron Fox is, is an interesting thing to me because I've watched a lot of Kings games. Um, last year, they were worse with him in the half court versus him on. This year, he f- – he took a jump in that they were much better with him on the floor in the half court because we already know transition. You're going to get a lot from De'Aaron, um, but they, they the offense ran much better with him at the point in the half court this year, which I thought was encouraging. He's also again no one on here really I can't think of is an elite defender outside of Ben Simmons, but he's not a bad and he has the tools. It was weird to me that his three point shooting went down a lot. It went down like six percent, but his true shooting also went up. So I think he meant made strides as an overall basketball player. Um, I think he'll never be an elite shooter, but I've seen enough for him to feel like, especially towards the end of this year, when he, he got hurt early and then when he came back to moving forward, he, he showed a lot more of what I needed to sh- sh- see. Um, I think you could definitely make an argument. Jaws jaw. You could take jaw. I just gave De'Aaron, I think, because that extra year. I think Jaw at the end of year two, or at the end of year three, Jaw's two years behind him now, will be better. But De'Aaron right now, I think, is better than Jaw. Um, and again, okay, I, and I disagree with that. Um, but I could see where you're coming from. Um, so De'Aaron Fox, one ten and a half offensive rating, one fourteen defensive rating when he's on the court, which is almost a minus. It's minus four net rating, which is the biggest gap other than Trey Young on all these guys. So I just, I don't know how much that means, but for me, I just haven't seen it. And when I look at. Wait, where, wait, well, hold on, bro. I just want to make sure I'm on the same page. Where are you seeing this? Cause I. So his, so his offensive rating. Yeah. Is one ten and a half. So per hundred possessions. I have it. I have it one twelve. Okay. For regular season. I'm on basketball. What do you have? You have his, that's where I think I got mine from the basketball reference as well. I could be wrong. What, what do you have him as his defensive rating? 116. Okay, but, so we're about two, two points off. But I think also five. the reason why, and again, not all of it, I think the reason why that they give up 116 when he's on the court also is I think the pace is a lot faster than mine. It's not everything, but I'm not okay, ready. Let me, let me ask you this question. Okay. Darren Fox, Shea Gilgis, and Jamal Murray, they're all pretty similar age rate. Which one would you want going forward? I think I go uh, for me. I'm ranking him. I I think you have it the opposite, but I go De'Aaron, Shea, Jamal. Yeah, I go Jamal. I go Jamal, Shea, De'Aaron. I think Jamal. It's hard because Jamal Jamal has won. Shea took huge strides this year, but I think overall, I feel like Jamal probably can be the best offensive player. But I I haven't. I I just don't see any. Pl- I'm not going to say no playmaking ability. And he also, Jokic takes on that responsibility. But I don't see the him making a, people a ton better. I also, the defense is pretty bad. So I think De'Aaron and Shea can be a lot better defensively at their peak. I also think De'Aaron and Shea can also make the guys around him a little bit better, which is why I lean that. I think, 
I think De'Aaron kind of sneakily went on the under the radar after he got hurt, and he had a really strong finish to the year. And I might be putting a little bit too much stock into that. And the Nuggets have also just been a lot better than the Kings. But yeah, I'm I'm rolling De'Aaron Shea Jamal. Okay, I've I just about, never been the biggest about, Jamal guy. What about a guy like Brogdon? Like, what do you think about him? I feel like he started off the year so hot and like he was putting up crazy numbers and then he just kind uh, of got that injury and he fell off the side I think of the we've seen with him like I don't think he can be the guy or even maybe this I think in Milwaukee was the perfect role for him like he in Milwaukee Dude, he, he, he was, was a, a shooting guard guy. yeah but he was like a shooting guard in Milwaukee whereas he was a pure point guard in Indy and it the offense was never really amazing when he was on the floor and he just – he had a stretch. I remember he had a stretch where he was like three for like 28 from three. I, I just – I don't see enough from Malcolm offensively for me to be like, all right, that's my guy as a point. I feel like he's almost a combo one-two, and he's better in that role with almost almost like leaning towards the two. But he's a point guard at this point. Um, but I'd have Jamal – I honestly – and now I'm even talking more long term, but I'd I'd have all three of the guys you said before over Brogdon. Yeah, I would as well. I just think Brogdon is like such an odd player, and I think he's so interesting going forward as far as like when Oladipo gets back and the Pacers figure it out. I think that team can be really dangerous in the East because they got a lot of young guys it's that are a, really talented. Exactly, and the, and it's like a a win. They give off the vibe that they're you know that it's a winning first culture. And Brogdon's such a good defender, too, which doesn't yes. like Fox, Murray, and, and Gilgis, they're not great defenders. Brogdon's right. an elite-level defender. I agree. I agree. But with Fox and Shea, at least, they have the tools. Like, mm-hmm. like Jamal's a little – I feel like the, the feet are just a little bit too slow, and I don't I don't know. Um, I For whatever reason and, – and Jamal showed up last year in the playoffs. He really did, but I just – Maybe it's because Jokic just takes so much of the the playmaking responsibilities that I'm like, and maybe Jamal, if he had his own team, he could do that. But I, I feel like he his best thing is shooting and scoring, and I still feel like even there, like I feel like he's just not consistent enough for me to feel like that's okay. That's my guy. But yeah. who so knows? Good, good, really good young point guards in the league right now, like exactly. Jamal, Jaw. Darren Fox, Shea Gilgis, Trey Young, like there's Luca, there's so many. And it's going to be so fun to monitor. I mean, you look back at guys like James Harden where like it took to like year five to see what James Harden was going to be, you know, like so some of these guys that we've talked about I are going to probably blow up and we can't really see it coming. Like I guess it goes, that's a that's a great question. Would you say – would you say you have Jamal first just because what, – what would you say the reason is you have Jamal first? The reason I have Jamal first is I think scoring-wise he's at a, a much different level than De'Aaron Fox and Shea. And I guess Jam- Jamal is so much be- – like such a better shooter than De'Aaron Fox that that's why I have him – I don't really know how to word this, but De'Aaron Fox is – Numbers-wise, he's a good scorer, but he just can't shoot. I feel like there's so many ways to defend him where Jamal Murray, he can go to the cup, he can step back at a three in your face. Totally. I think he's a decent enough distributor for me that I have him above him because his scoring is so much better than De'Aaron Fox's. That's fair. Um, All right, well, this 
This wraps up our uh, our third uh, podcast doing this together. We've now covered the centers and the small forwards. If you haven't listened to those, we definitely appreciate you checking that those out. If you're if you're listened with us all the way to here, I very much appreciate you. This is this has been my favorite one to date. Uh, Sarge and I will get going on the power forwards and and have this up pretty soon after. Um, and I, I did shooting guards with Dave, but like, I, I didn't put as much time and effort as we did into these. So we might even just run shooting guards. If not, we'll find another series to start together. I think that I've, I've had some ideas, maybe like literally, I think a fun idea would be just like top 10 offensive players. Just like, who would you want if you're going for your best offense or top 10 defensive players? I think that'd be a fun thing to kind of bounce off of each other, but, uh, appreciate you again joining us and sorry Appreciate you coming on and, and sharing your knowledge with the world, bro. Had fun like always. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thanks, guys. Stay safe. Happy Easter, even though this is going to be up a week after Easter. Uh, rest in peace to Carl Towns' mom, and we will uh, we will talk to you again soon.